This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome to Stacey on the Ryan here on LiveZet TV. And guess what? My pleasure today will be to welcome Drew Burquist onto the program. And we're also going to talk about uh, the impeachment, the faux impeachment, whatever we're calling this, the biggest nothing burger the Democrats have presented us with so far since they started with their nothing burger express. And we're going to get into the story of the ISIS bride. She was born to a Yemeni diplomat uh, on American soil and then left America so that she could go and fight with ISIS. And she spent years over there, even married an ISIS fighter and had a child with them, and then decided when she was in the refugee camp that maybe America really was good enough for her, and she tried to come back. At which point, Secretary of State Pompeo was like, not today, ISIS queen, and now she's in court. So we'll talk about that as well. And a, a poll out there that shows that Black Americans are the largest minority group or the minority group that thinks in the largest margin that the impeachment thing is actually just a way to remove President Trump from office and that the media is helping. Pretty interesting poll. So we'll get into that as well. Right now, I want to bring in my guest for today. So this guy, he's pretty cool because he has a huge coin collection. We'll talk about that on another show. Um, his name is Drew Berkowitz, and he's the host of This Is My Show. <laughs> hey, Stacy, thanks for having me. Okay, so this is my show. I can't wait. Like when? So when are we going to see the first episode, or is it already up there and I've missed it? Nope, you haven't missed it. It's it's hopefully we're about two weeks out or so. We're finalizing the uh, the actual release date, but it's coming back soon. Um, a lot of the same shenanigans and 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 way that we go about the news headlines. Uh, just a new title, little new feel, little little fresh fresh look to it. So it's gonna be fun. We're excited. I'm excited too. So I love anything that has a story behind it. So I'll be waiting to find out what the story is behind. This is my show. It sounds like something I would say. In fact, my motto for this whole year since my birthday has been, this is who I am. So much so that I actually have a little sign that I found at a gift shop that says, this is who I am. Because whenever something happens and someone seems shocked by my behavior, I just say, this is who I am. And then I just move on. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. As you should. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about this fake impeachment. I saw, um, actually... I think we have a video clip of AOC. Maybe we could play that now. It's a video clip of AOC admitting that they need a mechanism to unite the House Democrats around winning for 2020. And the impeachment happens to be the thing that will do it for them. Let's look at that. At the end of the day, we have to be able to come together as a caucus. And if it is this Ukrainian allegation that is what brings the caucus together, um, then I think we have to run with however we unify the House. And so while I believe personally that we should be pursuing and and investigating quite flagrant flagrant abuses of the emoluments clause, um, 
even reporting as recently as, as, may, as the suspicious stops at Trump properties, even in um, congressional delegations or rather in um, foreign trips. I think that all of this is, is game for investigation, but we also need to move quite quickly because we're talking about the potential compromise of the 2020 elections. And so this is not just about something that has occurred. This is about preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. Wow. That's so, all it's about. Yeah. It's kind of, isn't it kind of rare that you find someone who's your enemy who will actually admit to your face that they're <laughs> lying and cheating the system so they can beat you? Yeah. That's what she did. No, exactly. No, it's it's pretty remarkable. And, and leave it to, to Alexandria to be the one to do that because, she, I mean, it's only perfect in this big story and narrative that we're all living in that she's the one who kind of lets this out of the bag that, you know, this is just a ploy to take him down and present uh, what what does she call it? A disastrous outcome uh, in her eyes. <laughs> so it would be disastrous if they lost again. Now, let's let's kind of just unpack this like a present, if you will. Isn't it really their own problem that they have such a poor slate of candidates that they have no mechanism by which to actually see themselves winning next year? So they're only plan B, if you will, or plan C, because plan B was the original witch hunt, which was Russia. So this is plan C. Let's get rid of the president or his chance of being reelected by using the impeachment process. I I mean, it's actually stunning to hear it admitted and to understand that that's what they're doing. No, it absolutely is. It's and it's it's shameful that so much of our country doesn't recognize that these are all just ploys. They all fit the same kind of method and and style and in terms of their attacks and their plans. And there's nothing there. And this all comes back to the fact that they are just sore losers and they're upset that they lost in 2016. They've had an absolute meltdown ever since. And now and now they're just trying and grasp literally they're they're grasping at straws trying to figure out whatever they can do to go out and try and change this outcome next year all the while knowing as you said that they don't have a candidate that can go out and beat Trump. And here's what's going to be funny is if this gets through the House and, and he's impeached in the House and it doesn't happen in the Senate, which I don't think it will. And then you're going to have someone who, you know, you you had a, a Democrat controlled House impeached. He goes through the process and then he comes out and still wins the election in 2020. And then and then their heads are just literally going to explode like that. That's what's going to be fascinating to me. Oh, I can't wait. OK, so let me just say to you. That I also first off, this whole idea that there's something wrong with hanging out at Trump hotels or visiting them or stopping into them, that's made up garbage. You, you're not as a diplomat when you're traveling in foreign countries or wherever. It's not like you they can say, well, you can't go into this building or that building unless it's a building of known ill repute, criminal activity, et cetera. I mean, they have rules around that. But other than that, if you're there and you've completed your duties and you want to go eat at Trump Hotel Moscow or wherever you happen to be. There's nothing in the rules or the laws against that. But what I find to be pretty interesting is that I got to say, if I was a diplomat, Drew, I would be at the Trump properties because I was there this week. I was there. In fact, I'm not sure what day it is. Is it Friday? I was there yesterday. Uh, No, I came home yesterday. I was there the day before that. Wednesday, I spent like three hours on the soft, plushy, their velvet, I think, couches at the Trump International Hotel, D.C. I ate some of the storied candied bacon, which they lit up with a blowtorch, and I drank some cappuccino, and I lived my life. And I'm not a diplomat, obviously, but I was pretty happy. Right. I, mean, I was really happy. I met Don Jr. 
and um, his girlfriend. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. No, I, yeah, of course. You who who doesn't want to go? You don't you don't choose Motel Six over a Trump property. That's just not. Is it is it more cost efficient? Maybe. Um, now you're going to get some diseases on the back end that you got to pay for. So maybe it all balances out. But but you're going to go to those places. And when these government people, the only rule is you've got you look you you're given per diem. Here is here is your per diem. You can you can stay here. You can stay there. If it goes above that, it's on you. Uh, we're covering up until this point. So this is all just a huge thing. And and people turn it around and they make it. Oh, he's just you know he's finagling these deals and it's all about this. But you got to remember, this is the same, and they they always forget this point. This is the same person and president who a was elected to be president of the United States of America. They they forget that all the time. But b, he's not taking his full salary to do this. You know, so all the things that that should add up to to meet their story over here, it just doesn't work. Like that's just not who he is. I'm a I'm a hospitable guy. I've got these nice properties. If people want to go and stay there, great. You know, same thing. And, and if and, and when he wanted to save money at for down at Doral, I think it was it was it was well intentioned. There was a good heart behind it. It was spun out of out of context and and became a disaster like so many things these days. But but look, I mean, the the, the whole thing is just absurd. Yeah, at the Doral thing, I never understood what the problem was. And then later, after the story kind of died down, I realized, oh, so he was saying it'll actually be more cost effective to go here. I can cut a break. And then they were like, no, because you'll make money off of it. And I'm thinking, so they, they really don't understand business. If a business owner says, I'll cut you a deal and basically give it to you at cost, it means they're getting no profit out of it. So they're just basically giving you the space because right. they already own it. And they're giving you the, the use of the hotel staff. So they're, they're on the losing end of it because they still have to pay those people. They still have to have the lights and heating and cooling and all that on. And then there's the food. So I, I, don't, I know they don't understand business. So what, what can we do, Drew? We can't, we can't uh, teach you know, rocket science to a kindergartner. We can't, just can't do it. Yeah. But there's a bigger issue here that I think we're really facing, which is we just got done with the Russia thing. And I know a lot of people were exhausted. I personally was so glad to kiss that thing goodbye. I was like, so we can stop saying Russia every day now. We can just relax. Well, now we have to say impeachment every day. Right. And I think what their intention is, is it doesn't have to make sense. They can have their pundits just talk about it. And Americans who only watch CNN and MSNBC will buy it. But they're going to keep going. And Americans don't have a C-SPAN-esque attention span. Right. Let's face it, they don't. I've already seen a lot of people who said, oh, yeah, the first day. I, I was busy. And these are people who like go on television once a week and talk about, you know, once every other week. They're, they're not exactly out in the hinterlands and they don't want to hear about it. So how long do you think this lasts? I mean, Thanksgiving is soon and then there'll be pumpkin spice lattes for everyone until Christmas. Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, first of all, it's a good problem to have all these festive drinks, pumpkin spice, peppermint, you know, peppermint mocha. Love all of that. But no, I mean, they they're, look, they're going to keep this up. If this thing falters and kind of withers away and and dies down which which first of all the fact that they're doing this is absurd in the first place as we've all addressed they're doing it during an awful time of like let people just enjoy it. we all want to break from this but you just keep doing it because you can't help yourself and you want to do anything and everything you can to make this man look bad but but yeah i i, I don't know when it goes away i think it, this this particular thing goes on for a while i heard some scenarios today that they get it through the House and then wait, you know, even though they think they may or may not do well in the Senate, they wait to to push it through there until later next year. 
So it hurts him more just in terms of the timing. I think bottom line is this. If, you know, if it's if it's now, if it if it ends abruptly, they will fill the space. They'll either drag this thing out as long as they can up into November 2020, or they will fill in plan D, E, F, however many they have to, to continue to just put him in a negative light in all those those news outlets that you're talking about, the CNN, the MSNBCs. And look, you've even got folks who are buying some of this stuff at Fox now. You've got a lot of you know, Chris Wallace, you know, Napolitano. There's a lot of people who have who have jumped ship and are no longer supporting him but everyone's doing it on no basis uh, the, the transcripts are right here it's like here it is here's what was said they, you also notice that they you know they change things all the time they rebrand their smear efforts they were saying quid pro quo all the time now they're going with bribery because that sounds because it sounds worse and let's be honest most people don't know what quid pro quo is um so <laughs> like so they're changing it like it's just it's just hilarious like if you can sit back reasonably like any like any person should be able to do unfortunately they don't this should be a laughable thing to you even if you're on their side you should be like come on guys like we we can do something better than this at least pretend like we we actually have something good to go with here but they just don't they don't have anything good to go on it's it's pure mal i'm dealing with this on a personal issue right now there's just pure malice behind allegations that are being made and it's just it's just done for the sake of you know that people are angry and people don't have anything better to do well, you know what happens when people get angry, when yeah. they just kind of lose all moorings. And, and that's a part of Trump derangement syndrome. And Drew, you've seen it. We know that it's real. Um, and I know that Nancy Pelosi has it. So we don't have options for uh, kind of fixing that, except to kind of hope that it would die down like a virus that, you know, you're basically battling. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're fine because the virus mm-hmm. is gone. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I do think the president is on the road to reelection. Um, his his all of his metrics that you measure by are showing that, and so I'm just holding on to that. Yeah, I think I always say this. Look, look. As much smearing as goes on out there, and as much as the mainstream media doesn't like him, all you have to do is look at a Trump rally to get the pulse of of how things are. All you have to do is look at the economy and jobs and and all of the actual things that we should be talking about that are, are in really good shape. But just look at a Trump rally. I mean, there's a massive crowd inside. There's a massive crowd outside. People do like the president, and I agree with you. I think he's on his way to re-election. Um, I think they're just – all the Democrats are doing is making themselves look worse and and less enticing to those four or five independent voters in America that are trying to figure out which way to go. They're just – they're making themselves look stupid. Awesome. Well, you know what? This is your first time on my show. Um, it is. I will give you an A. I love it. I love it. I, I was never much of an A student, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. I'm going to tell my wife and kids about it. Yeah. I'm going to put something on the refrigerator. Tell this crazy lady with a flag behind her said you got an A. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk again, especially once the This Is My Show with Drew Burquist actually launches. We'll talk. I have a wonderful display that I'm going to share with you when this happens. So I can't wait. Can't. Yeah. So thank you for coming on today. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Bye. All right. So now I want to delve into, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious, you guys. I've just been sitting here thinking to myself, what, in what universe do we see the kinds of things that we've been seeing? And well, one of the universes that we're seeing that this, the type of stuff that I'm talking about is the universe in which we have, uh, I, I don't want to be mean, but ambassador, this woman, she showed up today and she was one of the people who testified 
Um, and after she testified, Schiff really nullified everything that she said. Now, here's, first of all, the, the facts surrounding her being let go were that she had been to a number of different posts and she hadn't done well. So not doing well at your job is usually a precursor to you being fired. So NPR Scott Simon actually said that ambassadors serve at the pleasure of the president. So this is not uh, anything odd. This isn't anything new that is surrounding President Trump. In fact, we've seen other ambassadors be let go on occasion. It doesn't happen a ton from other presidents, and it's not unusual. Uh, President Trump was well within his rights to call back the ambassador to the Ukraine, and it didn't have anything to do with or didn't have to have anything to do with what she's alleging, which is some kind of malfeasance on his part. Um, he can remove an inferior officer whose term is limited by statute or one appointed with the consent of the Senate. And even in Schiff's opening statement, he admitted some have argued that the president has the ability to nominate and remove any ambassador he wants. So let's take a look at Shifty Schiff um, making this comment here, basically nullifying everything that the witness was going to say. It's number two. Some have argued that a president has the ability to nominate or remove any ambassador he wants, that they serve at the pleasure of the president. And that is true. <laughs> so what else is there? Um, why was she even there? Why were we made to listen to her? Because we have to keep this theater up. We have to keep up this idea that there's something there, that there's some there there. Uh, I, I personally, I, I, I almost wish there was a little something, but we're talking high crimes and misdemeanors here. And I want people to remember that high crimes and misdemeanors, that is the standard set by the Constitution and the framers by which you would remove a president. You have to suspect that he's been involved in high crimes and misdemeanors. The impeachment inquiry is to basically lay out the facts as you've investigated them to prove that the president has engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors not just because you don't want him to be reelected to prevent something. What did AOC say? Something catastrophic. That doesn't work. That's not, that's not the, the, the truth of the matter. So two more things to get to here. The first one is uh, this poll that says 53% of black voters and 60% of other minority voters say the media are trying to help impeach the president. This is actually the minority Americans believe this in a higher percentage than white Americans do. It's a national voter survey. It was conducted November 12th through 13th. And 53% of all of the voters said that most reporters are trying to help impeach the president. Um, the numbers, and here's the, the quote from there, when they write or talk about the impeachment effort, are most reporters trying to help impeach President Trump or block his impeachment? Or are most reporters simply interested in reporting the news in an unbiased manner? Help impeach President Trump garnered 53%, block his impeachment garnered 8%, and report news in an unbiased manner, 32%. So 53% uh, of black voters and 60% of other minorities compared to 51% of whites said reporters are trying to get Trump rather than report the news fairly. Um, that's pretty telling. That, that should be something that alarms us as Americans because the fourth estate is supposed to protect the rights of the people by making unbiased information available for us to make decisions with, not to skew us in one way or the other. All right, so pivoting to our last story here for on a Friday, which I, before I even get into it, I hope you're gonna have a fantastic weekend. We have 
I think one of the two college kids coming home. So I'm looking forward to seeing our son. <laughs> All right. So a judge has ruled that a woman who left the U.S. for ISIS is not actually an American citizen. So first off, the thing that a lot of Americans are not going to pick up from the headline is that the woman who was born in the United States, um, her name is Hoda Muthana. She was born here because her father was a Yemeni diplomat. And when diplomats come to the United States and their wives or the women who are diplomats have children, the children who are born into uh, on American soil, they're not eligible for birthright citizenship. The reason for that is because federal regulations and international law state that children of foreign diplomats born in the U.S. are not subject to the 14th Amendment, which guarantees birthright citizenship. The reason for that is because they're born under the jurisdiction of another country. So the same as for people who are, have kids here and they're both citizens of a foreign country, their kid isn't an American. Their kid is actually a citizen of the country that the parents hold citizenship in. Um, Ann Coulter's the best on that information. And, and I, I just honestly, I wish more Americans understood this. Now, the reason that she's trying to get back to the United States is because she actually lived here. And at one point she decided she wanted to help ISIS. So she left, I believe she was in Alabama, left there, went and went to Syria and was helping ISIS. She ended up marrying an ISIS fighter and having a baby with him. And then after everything wound down there, she ended up in a refugee camp. She'd been there for quite a while, like a few years, when reporters, American reporters came through and interviewed her, and she told them of her story. I was born in America, but I can't get back into the United States. And so they picked her up as a cause celebre to try to basically, you know, win a Pulitzer Prize. Not bad for investigative journalism, but they missed out on some very key things. Now, the judge here ruled that Muthana's father could not provide financial support to his daughter and grandson who was born in the territory under ISIS control and whom he had never met without being subject to charges of providing material support to terrorism. So there's a lot going on here. Following the ruling, Mathana's lawyer, Christina Jump, actually told BuzzFeed News that while they wait for Walton's order, they believe there's likely a basis to appeal the case and pursue additional options that may be available solely to the child, because she has a two-year-old son, who, again, he wasn't born in America. So what options does he have? So to recap, the diplomat is a Yemeni citizen, as was his wife. The daughter was born on American soil, but not subject to the 14th Amendment due to the fact that she was under diplomatic, you know, kind of almost immunity to the Constitution. And then now she's had a son over in Syria, and that son is not an American citizen, and none of them have a right to a passport. And the president has seconded that kind of motion, the statement that was made by uh, Secretary of State Pompeo. I don't see this going anywhere, but it's an interesting story because a lot of liberals are on Twitter saying, oh, it's so sad. Trump hates immigrants, blah, blah, blah. But this woman has no claim to, to our country. Now, she lived here for a while. And had she been smart when maybe her girlfriends were heading off to be ISIS brides, she could have said, I don't have any guarantee I can get back in here if I leave. So I think I'm going to stay here. That's what she could have said. And we wouldn't know about her because like so many other illegal aliens and people who've overstayed their visas and people who don't belong in this country, she could have been here for 20, 30, 40 years. She could have died here, a grandmother, a great grandmother, without us ever knowing she was in the country illegally, but she had to go and muff it up by heading off to Syria and supporting terrorism. So she's not getting back in. They're going to appeal the case, obviously, but 
I don't see it going anywhere. So, all right, that is the show for today. I love a good Friday afternoon. Fantastic evening. Stacey Washington. Stacey on the right. Now, Life Set TV. See ya. <laughs>